this morning we begin our four supernatural Sundays in the month of December. Amen. The Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. And I feel led of God to turn our four Sunday services in December as the Holy Spirit whispered to my spirit for supernatural Sundays. Amen. And to talk on the anointing. Hallelujah. The Lord wants us to know something about the anointing for the next four Sundays. And open your spirit up for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tell somebody the anointing. And anytime we talk about the anointing, we are referring to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing, we have all heard about the anointing. I want you to know the anointing is not the oil. Are you here? The oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The anointing refers to the power of God that is dispatched or released upon a person or a group of people to enable them work the work of God. Amen. To work the work of God. And that is in two meanings when I say the work of God. To work the work of God, that means, number one, to work the work that only God can work. Are you here? And then to do the work that God has asked us to work, which is the work of the ministry. One day Jesus said, the people came to him and said, what shall we do to work the works of God? So the work of God is to do what God told us to do. But the other meaning of the work of God is to do what only God can do. There are things that, humanly speaking, we have a limitation. But the anointing rests upon an individual. And the anointing gives you the capability to do what only God can do. You, you are able to do what human strength cannot do. What human ability cannot do. You see, it takes the anointing to pastor a church. Are you here? It takes the anointing to preach the word of God. If you are preaching under anointing, you speak to 100 people with 100 different needs. And at the end of the service, everyone walks to you and says, you talk to me. And you ask yourself, how is that possible? That is not possible by human strength and by human standards. It is the work of the anointing. Somebody shout the anointing. Hallelujah. So the anointing of God is imparted to a person to enable him or her to work the works of God. It enables you to operate at a level beyond natural capability and expectation. You are able to operate beyond natural capabilities and expectation. Every believer must desire the anointing. That's why the Bible says it is not by might nor by power but by my spirit, says the Lord. I want us to turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 8. And the verse number 38. Acts 8, 38. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Whenever we use the word anointing, it is both a verb and a noun. When we use the word anointing, the Bible says 
Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost. The anointing is the Holy Spirit and at the same time the anointing is the power of the Holy Spirit. See, when we smear you with oil, you have been anointed with oil. The word to anoint, its root word means to smear with oil. So when I apply oil on you, it can be seen to be that I anointed you with oil. I could anoint you with grease and anything. In, in simple English, that means we have smeared the thing on you. And then when it when you are talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you are talking about the power resident in the Holy Spirit. Are you here? And so the Holy Spirit himself is the anointing and at the same time, he is also the power. Are you here? Amen. See, the Bible says that, see when I say that you have been anointed, when I anoint you with something, if I apply palm oil on you, you will be described as I anointed you with palm oil, isn't it? That means that the thing that I anointed you with is palm oil. That means the anointing substance is the palm oil. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ was anointed with the Holy Ghost. That means he was smeared with the Holy Ghost and then the power of the Holy Ghost began to work. So when we are anointed, we are anointed at two dimensions, the Spirit of God himself and the power of the Spirit. The Bible says that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good and healing. That means that Jesus was able to heal and to do good under the auspices of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When he was anointed with the Holy Spirit, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God is with him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. May you be anointed with the Holy Spirit. Jesus could not operate on earth without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It means that the believer cannot function effectively without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Without the anointing, you just can't do anything. The anointing is the presence and power of God upon an individual, a church, a group of people, or a nation. The anointing. There are many things that God wants us to do. We just can't do it unless by the anointing. You can't do certain things without the anointing. You can't operate effectively without the anointing. You can't run a church without anointing. A church increases and grows by the power of the anointing. Hallelujah. Amen. And you will see throughout the scriptures that it is very important to desire the anointing. How God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good. There are things God wants us to do. We can't do it without the anointing. And that's why when he was asking us to do what 
we call the master's will, he said, don't move unless you be endued with power from on high. Throughout the scriptures, the people God used, God made sure they were anointed with the Holy Spirit. And so whenever we see oil, the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The power comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen. The oil is a symbol of the Spirit. A symbol is an outward sign that tells us that it represents something that is not visible to the eye. So the anointing of the Holy Spirit is very crucial in the life of the believer. The anointing is needed to do spiritual things and the anointing is also needed to do certain physical things. During these four weeks, I'll be presenting each of them to you. And how to tap the anointing. How to receive the anointing. How to walk in the anointing. But let me first of all establish the anointing is generated by prayer. It is maintained by righteousness. The anointing. The anointing. You need anointing. In Jesus' name, you need anointing to operate in your life. Without anointing, you'll be dry. Without anointing, we can't do much. Jesus needed anointing. Please come with me to Luke. told that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. How did that happen? In Luke chapter 3 verse 21 to 22 the anointing ensures you become significant. When you are anointed, you can't be hidden. Amen. Hallelujah. If the people of God will be able to do the work of God, you need the anointing to do the work of God. And during these four weeks, I'll also share with you setting specifics, levels of the anointing. Every anointing has an assignment. There are different kinds of anointings in God. When the Holy Ghost comes, he places different levels of anointings. Even when we look at the fivefold ministry, there are actually different levels. The apostolic anointing is different from the prophetic anointing. The prophetic anointing is different from the evangelistic anointing. The evangelistic anointing operates differently from the pastoral anointing, the teaching anointing. All these are levels of anointings. They operate differently. And so you need anointing. In Luke 3.21, when all the people were baptized... It came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The Bible says as everybody was baptized, people... Just get into the water and come out. But when Jesus got there to be baptized, he started praying. Prayer is one of the ways to open the heavens for the anointing. This morning we will pray in Jesus' name. A lifestyle of fasting and prayer places you in an atmosphere for the anointing to be released. 
there are dimensions and levels of the anointing. The Bible says as he prayed, the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily form and rested on him. We are told in Acts where we read that he was, he was filled with the Holy Spirit or anointed with the Holy Spirit. This is where it started. With the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about casting demons out. To cast demons out, you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. To overcome Satan, you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because you are empowered to work what only God can do. You can't just cast demons out. You need the anointing to cast demons out. You must be full of power to deal with principalities and powers. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed. To minister and pray for people to be healed, you need the anointing for that. And we have been told by Jesus that when we go out to do the master's will, we must cast out demons. We must heal the sick. You need the anointing to do this. In Jesus' name. Somebody, you must desire the anointing. You must desire the anointing. The Bible says, and when all the people were baptized, Jesus praying, the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form and rested upon him. And the Bible says that when the anointing came on him, one of the things that happened was that he went, the Spirit of God led him to go and pray. For 40 days and 40 nights, the Spirit of God was upon him to pray. You see that there's a certain strength. You just can't be without food and water for 40 days and 40 nights. Medically, that is not possible. You will begin to die. But to hang in there without food and water for 40 days and 40 nights, it is the anointing that enabled it. Hallelujah. When the anointing is on your life, you receive certain spiritual strength and physical strength. That is beyond human understanding. And Jesus was in there like that for 40 days and 40 nights. The anointing was speaking. And the Bible says in chapter 4, please come with me to the chapter number 4 of Acts, uh, sorry, Luke. Chapter 3, he had been anointed. Chapter 4, we move into another level of the anointing. The Bible says, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan where he had been baptized, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. And Jesus ate nothing at all that time and became very hungry. And the Bible says that he was in prayer and fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He overcame the devil through the temptation. When you're anointed, you overcome the devil. Then the Bible says in verse 14, then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Spirit's power. In verse 1, he was led by the Spirit. But in verse 14, the Bible is talking about the fact that he's coming with power. He was coming in the power of the Spirit. After 40 days and 40 nights, there has been such a generation of power. That the Bible says the anointing that was on him made it possible that the news about him spread in many, many places. And the Bible says that in verse 16, he went to his village in Nazareth, his boyhood home. 
And he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled it and found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. Is that in your scriptures? He has anointed me to preach the gospel. It is amazing that anointing is so important that the very first message Jesus preached was on the anointing. This is the first time he spoke publicly. For 30 years, nobody heard about him. There was no news of him. Apart from what we were told at the age of 12, that he was in the temple area and was actually asking the, the priests questions. At that point, when his parents came and said, son, where have you been? We have been looking for you. And, and he gave a cheeky answer. He threw a tantrum of a 12-year-old. He threw a tantrum that we can describe as the same as sometimes you will go through if you are a stepfather or a stepmother. Because everybody knew that Joseph was a carpenter. And the Bible says for three days they have looked for this little boy Jesus, 12-year-old Jesus, and they haven't found him. Just like you would have gone to the shop and the boy just ran to the other aisle and you are concerned and you are looking for him or her. And then the Bible said they finally found him in the temple area, sitting there and questioning the doctors of the law and discussing theology and discussing the word of God with them. And his father and his mother appeared there and they said, son, we have been going out and we have been looking for you. Why did you do this? And his retort, his tantrum was, don't you know I must go about my father's business? Everybody know that the father standing physically there was a carpenter. So what you are talking about, you are making a statement publicly. This man is not my father. You experience that as a stepfather. Thank God for Joseph. That man needs more credit too. Hallelujah. That's another matter when I'm dealing with families. But let's talk about the anointing. The Bible says Jesus Christ preached his first message he preached was on the anointing. For 30 years... There was no news about him. But remember the Bible says after he returned in the power of the spirit. When the anointing was in full operation. The Bible says his fame spread. There are some things you don't need to advertise. The anointing will make it known. For, 12 year, for, for 30 years no one knew about his ministry. But when he was anointed at the age of 30. The Bible says news about him spread. May we carry the anointings of God. In the name of Jesus. And he said, I have been anointed to preach the good news to the poor. You can't preach the gospel without anointing. Anybody that teaches the Bible without anointing is a mere lecturer. A motivational speaker. And a professor of theology. is dry and no inspiration. The doctors of the law, they had all this, but it was without anointing. When Jesus preached the Bible says their own people, the spies they sent to go and spy on Jesus, when they went to his meetings, they returned and said, no one teaches like him. And it is because of the anointing. Glory be to Jesus. It is anointing you need today. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. It takes the anointing to proclaim the captives to be released. It is the anointing that sets people free. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 10 and the verse number 27, it says that by reason of the anointing, every yoke shall be destroyed. The anointing sets captives free. 
when people are bound by satanic power, when the presence of the anointing is in the place, that satanic power will give up. It will leave. There are a lot of people that are afflicted by demons. And doctors can't explain what is going on. The economists cannot explain what is going on. It is a spiritual thing and it can only be brought to an end by reason of the anointing. The anointing breaks yokes. Hallelujah. He said, he has sent me to proclaim that captives be released. And that the blind will see. And that the oppressed will go free. And that the time of the lost favor has come. These things can only be done by the anointing. And Jesus said, I have been anointed to do these things. That means that you can't do this without the anointing. If Jesus could not operate without the anointing, then you can't operate on earth without anointing. You need anointing. The empowerment of God to do works of God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. I want us to look at some reasons why we need anointing. We need anointing today. The anointing. Psalm 89, verse 20 to 26. Psalm 89, verse 20 to 26. God made a very profound statement and said, I have found my servant David. I have anointed him with my holy oil. I have anointed him with my holy oil. I've told you the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. That means that we are anointed with the Holy Spirit. Is that foundation clear? That's why in Acts 10, 38, it says, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. Jesus was not anointed with physical oil. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit. Whenever oil is applied on our heads, it is a symbol of the Holy Spirit coming on us. And the Bible says, God said, I have found David my servant. With my holy oil, I have anointed him. I have anointed him. The Bible says in Acts, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, when Samuel got to the house of Jesse, he lifted the oil and poured it on David. He poured the oil on David. That means that he symbolized the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the young man to enable him function. In the Old Testament, the priests was anointed with oil. That means he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. Because there's nobody who can physically take the Holy Spirit and apply. So whenever you see the oil being lifted and being poured, it is symbolizing the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the person to enable the person do what he's being called to do. It is one thing to be called by God to do something. It's another thing to be anointed to do that thing. That's why sometimes we can see someone doing something and we think we can do it until we step into the person's shoes and realize, no, this thing, <laughs> this thing is not by might nor by power. It's by the Spirit of God. And so that's why kings were anointed. They were anointed by the Spirit. And therefore when the oil is being poured or the anointing is coming on them, then words are spoken that attaches to the anointing to create the effect of what he's supposed to do. In the beginning, the Bible says, and the Spirit of God moved. 
and God said, the movement of the word and the spirit resulted in creation. Anytime the word and the spirit clash, there will be a manifestation. And so anytime the Holy Spirit is being released or the oil is being poured upon anyone, whether a king or a priest, then the prophet who is doing the assignment begins to speak the prophetic word. And that means that when the oil is coming upon the head of the person and the words of the spirit are coming, it creates the capacity to perform in the person. And from the beginning, it may look like nothing until the, the person begins to act and operate or to minister and then you begin to see the power of God at work. You did anointing in Jesus name. I have anointed him with my oil. Verse 21. When the anointing comes, these are the side effects from verse 21. I will steady him with my hand. Amen. I will steady him with my hand. He, it means that he will be able to do things by the power of God. Things won't fall off. The God himself said, I will take over his hand and work with it. I will make sure things become steady in his hands. Spiritually and physically. When we are anointed, it's not only for spiritual things. It's also for physical things. So by the time David faced Goliath and he killed Goliath, ladies and gentlemen, he had been anointed in the midst of his father's house in the in the living room of his father he was anointed so when he went out to face Goliath he was actually confronting Goliath as the legitimate king of Israel in the realm of the spirit he has already been anointed so when he was facing Goliath the physical king was already running away because spiritually he has lost the battle the anointing had lifted off King Saul the anointing had lifted off him God said, I have rejected him. So the anointing had lifted off him. So when an enemy came, he couldn't confront the enemy. For 40 days, he only comes to stand in the battle with Israel's soldiers. And they look at the guy. And when the guy comes to, to sound and to shout at them, they all run back. Including the king. Who earlier on had been anointed by the same prophet Samuel. But this time, something has changed in the spirit. David had been anointed in the midst of his brethren. He had not yet sat on the throne, but in the realm of the spirit, he's the one that must kill this guy. He's qualified enough. He's carrying the anointing to face him. And that's why he came boldly asking the questions. And the way he killed that man doesn't make physical sense. It doesn't make natural sense, isn't it? You can't kill such a giant who is well armed and well protected and has got bodyguards and was wearing a whole helmet from top to down. The man is covered and yet a stone could still go and kill him. When you are anointed, it doesn't matter what you are carrying, it will start working. When Samson was anointed, the Bible said the anointing of God was upon Samson. The spirit of God came mightily upon him. In, in, in the book of, of Judges chapter 13, the Bible says the spirit of God came mightily upon him. And the Bible says when he came to Lehi, the Philistines shouted at him. And he took the jawbone of a donkey and killed 2,000 Philistines. You can't do that with human strength. The Bible says that the spirit of God came mightily on him. In other words, the anointing came on him and he was able to take whatever in his hands and kill 2,000 Philistines. You can't kill a soldier with a jawbone of a donkey. That's why the scripture says in Zechariah 
It is not by might. It is not by power. But by the anointing of my spirit. There are certain things you can't handle in your home unless you are anointed to do so. In Jesus' name. There are certain things that go on around our society that you can't come on top of it unless you have specifically asked God to anoint you to deal with this matter. This morning you need anointing. In the name of Jesus. So he says, I will steady him with my hand. With my powerful arm, I will make him strong. May you be anointed. That may God make you strong with his powerful hand. It means that physically you may look defenseless, but there's a supernatural hand behind you. That no matter what the enemy does, you are able to still stand and survive and overcome. It's the work of the anointing. In Jesus' name. So number one, he will steady you with his hand. Two, with my powerful arm, I will make him strong. May God make you strong. May God make our church strong. May God make your ministry strong. In the name of Jesus. When you are anointed, God says that his arm will make you strong. Number three, verse 22. His enemies will not defeat him. When you are anointed, your enemies will not defeat you. It means that the anointing of God has what it takes to deal with an enemy. And it doesn't matter the surname of the enemy. When you are anointed, they, they, but God promised us. He said, they will come against you one way, but they will flee before you in seven ways. Deuteronomy 28. He said they will come. So as for the fight, expect it. But they are not going to prevail against you. Unless you choose to sleep. Amen. But if you are praying and walking in the ways of God, there is an anointing that deals with an enemy. Because the fact is that there is satanic anointing as well. That is people operating with Satan's power to attack you. So you need God's power to deal with them too. The anointing ensures that your enemies will not defeat you. In Jesus' name. When King Saul died and his son Jonathan died, David prayed a prayer of lamentations in 2 Samuel. And he said, Saul and Jonathan have died as if they have not been anointed. It means that if you are anointed, you don't die certain types of death in the midst of your enemies. You don't. When, when Balaam missed it because he loved money. And he was hired to curse Israel. And he attempted seven times and he wasn't successful. Because the anointing on Israel means that it doesn't matter where, which shrine you took them. The Bible says that he made seven altars. All of them failed. Because the anointing on the Levitical priesthood was causing every one of them to backfire. Because when you are anointed, you don't need special clothing or particular altar in a place or a pulpit like this. You carry your altars wherever you go. In the Old Testament, they need a particular location to go to call on the anointing. 
they need to either have the effort with them where the Urim and the Thummim is or they have to go into the temple area and call on God. That's why Islam is limited because they must face the east to the Kaaba somewhere in Saudi Arabia before they can call on their God. But the Bible tells us in the New Testament, you are carrying, you are a royal priesthood. You don't need a particular geographical location. You carry your altars with you. If you put me in a pit, I will still call on God and carry what it takes to challenge the powers of darkness in that location and still come out from that setback in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray for you this morning that you carry the anointing of God to bounce back from every setback. A man was hired to cast them, but his things were not succeeding because the anointing was speaking. Hallelujah. The anointing was speaking. The anointing was heavy. Seven times. And later on, the Bible says, when Israel still settled, this guy, Balaam still lost money. He now taught the people that these Israelites I couldn't curse. There is a loophole. The covenant with their God was that they must not marry or intermingle sexually with the people in the land. So they taught the people how to lure and tempt Israel into sin. It was Balaam who did that. And when Israel fell into that, the Bible says that God caused them to have a fight with them. And the Bible says that the people of Midian went to war and they died in battle and Balaam was killed. And the scripture again wrote and said, Balaam had died as if he has not been anointed. May you not die a death you shouldn't die. May the anointing speak for you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil, I have anointed him. And the side effect we are reading says that his enemies will not defeat him. Nor will the wicked overpower him. When you are anointed, the wicked cannot overpower you. In the name of Jesus. When the wicked gather, your soul will escape. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There is a reason why God used the olive oil as a symbol of the anointing. Oil is a symbol of power. It's the source of power. Fuel is oil, isn't it? Now, in, in pharmacy, the anointment, you know, when you use anointment, there is, anointment is used as an emollient. It means that it prevents, it prevents the growth of unnecessary bacteria or any other thing in the thing. Sometimes when you have got oil in a place, it serves as a barrier that other things can't go through. When the anointing, when you are smeared with the anointing, there are some things that can go through. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. You need anointing. And you need fresh anointing. You can't fight today's battles with yesterday's oil. That's why the disciples were filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. And yet in chapter 4, when they faced a fresh enemy, they went into a prayer meeting. And after they had prayed, they were all filled again with the Holy Ghost. You need fresh anointing. Because sometimes an old oil, an old oil begins to smell. Are you here? An old oil begins to smell. 
and flies begin to settle in it. But when you are freshly hot, flies can't settle in that. Are you here? Because the Bible tells us that the prince of the bottomless pit is called Beelzebub. The, he's, he's the, he is the spirit of flies. The devil is the spirit of flies. One day they accuse Jesus of casting demons out by Beelzebub. Beelzebub is the spirit that is in charge of flies. Dead flies. When the oil is old, dead flies settle on it. But when the oil is fresh, they dare not. May you be hot for the Lord in the name of Jesus. The enemy will not overpower him. Verse 23. I will beat down his adversaries before him and destroy those who hate him. When you are anointed, God says that the battle is mine. When you are anointed, God takes your battle for himself. The anointing is the, the presence of God upon an individual. It's an investment of God upon the person. That's why you have to be very careful dealing with an anointed person. Are you here? Because God demonstrates his jealousy over his anointed. The Bible tells us, he says, because I have anointed this person, I will beat down his adversaries. When his adversaries come against him, I will beat them down. And he says, and I will destroy those who hate him. Be anointed. This is the reason why you must desire anointing. Because when you are anointed genuinely by God, God says those who hate you, he will destroy them. That's why he said, touch not my anointed. Do my prophets no harm. And it's true, many times it has been abused. But it doesn't change the original building. Are you here? And that is why we have to be very careful. But in the scriptures we see that it is so. When people are anointed, God fights their battles for them. In the name of Jesus. They cease to be ordinary people. They are, they are anointed by God. May we desire the oil. In the name of Jesus. And he says, and by my authority, he will grow in power. When you are anointed, you grow in power. Your strength don't fail. As your day, so shall your strength be. Spiritually and physically. In the name of Jesus. He says, I will establish him. Amen. My faithfulness and unfailing love will be with him. And by my authority, he will grow in power. My faithfulness and unfailing love will be with my anointed. May God's faithful love be with you. When you are anointed, you don't fear what the enemy can do. That's why David said, God is my helper. What can mere mortals do against me? In Jesus' name, the anointed. The anointed. I will extend his rule over the sea and his dominion over the rivers. It means that your branches will spread. When you are anointed, you are not limited to one place. The Bible says when Jesus was anointed, his fame spread. May the anointing of God rest upon the church afresh. That the fame of the church will spread. 
in the name of Jesus. John the Baptist was heavily anointed. He was in the wilderness, no flyers, no advertisements. He was deep in the wilderness. You wouldn't like what he was wearing. The Bible says he wears camel clothing. And he ate what you wouldn't eat. Wild locusts. Guys just eating these things. And he's right in the wilderness. And the Bible tells us the doctors of the Lord, they left the city and they went there. When the anointing is on you, it will attract people. Your business must be anointed. In the name of Jesus. It must stretch. When the anointing is on that business, it stretches beyond the shores. It stretches beyond the city. It stretches beyond the village. In the name of Jesus. The anointing makes this possible. I will extend his rule over the sea. His dominion over the rivers. And he will call out to me. You are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Hallelujah. The anointing. Glory be to Jesus. The anointing. The anointing is so attractive that Elisha came very close. He observed it for a while. And when he was asked, what do you want me to do for you? He didn't ask for the properties of Elijah. He didn't ask for anything. He said, I have seen that thing on you. I have seen the oppression of the anointing on you. I want a double portion of it. I'll be fine. You don't give me any money. If I have the anointing, I will generate the money. If I have the anointing, all things become possible because I'm able to work the work of God with the anointing. Somebody shout the anointing. Elijah observed. Elisha observed the anointing on the life of Elijah. And he desired the anointing. This morning, desire the anointing. You can't be effective without the anointing. Some of the people that you are in competition with are operating by satanic anointing. I always say that the people that wish us well, they are more than those who don't wish us well. But the only problem is that the people that wish you well, they don't back it spiritually. They only say with their mouth, we wish him well. Somewhere in their heart, they wish you well. But the people who don't wish you well, they travel. They go far. They go and consult things to ensure that they're not wishing you well will come to pass by satanic anointing. This morning, you need anointing of God. When the anointing is really on you, every attack will backfire in the name of Jesus. For a while, it may look like the enemy is winning, but in the end, victory shall come. But you need anointing. I said you need anointing. In the name of Jesus. It is when the anointing is on you. Then it will come to pass that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Because wherever they tend to, there is such a thick oil around you. It just can't penetrate through. There is a thick oil around you. In Jesus name. Glory be to Jesus. <laughs> Please come with me to 2 Kings chapter 2. Verse 9 to 15. This was the narrative about when God was about to take Elijah out of the earth. The man is so heavily anointed. But I love Elijah. He observes something. You see, you can't be anointed and it can't be seen. 
The anointing is visible. When the anointing is on you, somebody will observe it. Amen. Yes. We are anointed at different levels. There are times you operate and you realize that it is not you. You realize it's not you. <laughs> you realize it's not you. People are anointed at different levels. Sometimes I'm asked questions on the spot and I provide answers. I know I haven't pre prepared because the questions themselves are also not something that I've been told before. But you are able by the Spirit of God to provide answers. There are certain things you do that you realize yeah, this is the anointing. May you be anointed. And the Bible says, and so it was when they had crossed over that, over the Jordan. Because when they were about to cross over, there's, the water was there. Elijah took his mantle and he smote the waters and they divided. They didn't need to put a bridge over it. The anointing. The man is so anointed when he sees a river flowing, he just takes his cloak and hits the river and it just opens and they walk on dry land and then it closes back. That's the anointing we are talking about. The man was so heavily anointed. The anointing operated. Scholars have calculated. I have also done my calculation. It seems to fluctuate between 14 and 16 recorded miracles that Elijah worked under the anointing. Or that anointing enabled him to do, which is recorded. Like dividing the Jordan and it just opens. It's recorded. And then when we study what Elisha asked for, he also really, when he, he asked for the double portion, and Elijah, Elijah just has to say, if you really diligently observe me, and I'm taking from the earth, what you ask for will come. He said, you have asked a very hard thing. It means you have asked a very difficult thing. He didn't say you have asked an impossible thing. The anointing is hard to get, but it is not impossible. Hallelujah. And the Bible said that when he left, the mantle of Elijah fell down. Elisha ran after it and continued shouting, my father, my father. And then he took the thing. When we carefully study what the anointing did with Elisha, we see it double. It fluctuates between 30 and 32 miracles. If you are working with the, with the 14, you have 28 of that of Elisha. If you are working with the 16, you get 32. It's amazing. And remember that when he took that thing, from Elijah, Elijah, and he had to return. He realized that the Jordan is back. The river was still flowing. They only crossed and it just closed back. So it was still flowing. His first miracle was to take the same mantle of his spiritual father, hit the water and say, where is the God of my father, Elijah? The thing opened and he passed through. <laughs> the anointing. And it didn't take too long that the Bible says the other prophets observed it and said, the spirit of Elijah, the anointing that was on Elijah is resting on Elijah. It is noticeable. The Bible says, he said, ask what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you. Elijah said, please let a double portion of your spirit or of your anointing be upon me. 
So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so. If not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it and he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and his horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and he struck the water and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, it was divided this way and that way. And Elisha crossed over. Verse 15, and when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. The anointing makes these things possible. May you experience supernatural manifestations of the God who lives in you. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. something before I go. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Because when we are anointed, we change. Something changes about us. An anointed person is not the same. The Bible says that when the anointing came on David, he changed. The same happened to King Saul. When he was anointed, the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6, it says to him, and the spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you shall prophesy with them, and you shall be turned into another man. Amen. If you look at the verse number 1 of 1 Samuel chapter 10, the Bible says, then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head. And kissed him and said, is it not because the Lord has anointed you to be captain over his inheritance? Because the Lord has anointed you. see that when he poured the oil, he spoke that you have now been anointed as captain over his inheritance. And the spirit of the Lord, in verse 6, will come upon you and you shall begin to even prophesy. You don't normally prophesy, but when the anointing is on you, you will begin to prophesy. You will do what normally you won't do. And you shall be turned into another man. Samson knew this one. He told Delilah, after all the pressure, finally, he told Delilah, Reza has not come upon my head. The day my head is cut, I shall become like any other man. So Samson knew he wasn't an ordinary person by reason of the anointing. That's why you come against him and he'll just carry a city gate. That's the reason why they were looking for the secret of his power. Because when you study theology and you study the church history, you find out that one of the interesting things about the characters, the anthropology of scripture, you will find out that the people in the scripture, someone like Samson, Samson was four feet, seven inches tall. It means I'm taller than him. That's why they were looking for the secret of his strength. Because if the guy is a very 
tall person, macho Rambo, they are not going to really say that they want to find the secret of his strength. But if they look at this guy, standing there, I'm even taller than. And then they look at him that they send thousands to him and he's able to defeat all of them. You have to find out what is the secret of this. That's why the last mission was ask him, ask him, ask him what is the secret of the power. Because the guy is too small to be doing these things to us. Dealing with the whole Philistine army. The man alone comes and deals with, beat all of us. Kill? I can't understand. When they tried to trap him, the Bible said he carried the whole city gate. And he was on his way. Can you imagine, you think you have trapped him at Bakian Palace. The guy just comes and leaves the gate with all the pillars and started going. <laughs> and then they realized that, no, this thing is not easy. This is an anointing. Amen. When the anointing comes upon your life, one of the things it does is that you gain physical strength. Physical strength. I'll end on physical strength. I'll continue next week because I want us to pray. You gain some physical strength. The anointing generates some physical strength. Next week I'll talk about the spiritual strength, but this morning, some physical strength in addition to the things I've mentioned. Amen. You know, strength comes from physical exercises and eating. But there's another strength that comes from the spirit of God that doesn't make sense. And it is an anointing. In Jesus' name. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when you are anointed, it gives you a, a supernatural physical strength. And the Bible is full of examples of how spiritual and physical strength is imparted. Satan also does that. That's why some people, their strength is spiritual. The source of that strength is not physical. It's very, very spiritual. The source of it. But I want us to look at some quick examples in scripture. In Acts chapter 19, verse 14 to 16, we see that Satan's power, Satan's power, Satan's power was in one man and he was able to beat seven men. He beat seven men who came to his house to try to cast the demon out of him. Those seven men, they were the sons of one man called Skiva. And the Bible says, the evil spirit answered them and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And the man whom the, the evil spirit was, leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them. So they fled from that house naked and wounded. One man. So it tells you that even people that are possessed with demons, they have certain physical strength. Sometimes when we are ministering to some people, you find out that one person is not able to deal with the person because of the physical strength. We had one in church some years ago. If you must, you were part of the seven member. <laughs> seven men. There were seven men in church who were of the same size and strength as Dikimaswa. And this lady, this lady was just like Araba. For those who don't know Araba, Araba stand, let everybody see you. <laughs> look at Araba. Yes. And look at Dikimaswa. Dikimaswa stand. And we had about seven of that. And this lady was throwing them all down. Throwing them all down in the service. It was a, it was a Wednesday service. It was an evening service. It? Yeah. It was a, we used to meet on Thursdays. Thursdays. 
until the demon left. Me, myself, she was insulting me, but normally she, she's very shy of me. Satan's power. So it's no surprise that sons of Sceva went to this house. They are not born again, but because they have heard that Paul has been casting demons out in the name of Jesus, they went to this house. They have heard that the guy there is possessed. So they went in there and said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. The demon said, hey, <laughs> Jesus, I know. Paul, I know by you. Who are you? In the realm of the spirit, there's no oil on you. The Bible said, the man alone, one man, seven strong men, he beat them and they fled from the house, naked and wounded. Satan's strength. Satanic strength. Look at, look at. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ is Lord. In Mark chapter 5, verse 2 to 4. Mark chapter 5, verse 2 to 4. The Bible talks about this man. An unclean spirit gave the madman of Gadara so much strength that no one could chain him. No one could chain him. Satanic strength. Physical strength. The Bible says no man could chain him. He, he was in the tombs, cutting himself. And he comes to harass everybody on the streets. Nobody could go and bury anyone. People were keeping their bodies. The guy has taken over the whole cemetery. And anyone who tries to look at the whole city. A whole city. City authorities will go try to bind him. And he will just tear it off. You put a chains on him, he just tears it off. The guy is physically strong and it's not normal. Nobody could bind him. Look at the third example. But just, the third example is Judges 14, 5 to 6. I've just given that to you about Samson. The Bible says the Holy Spirit gave Samson so much supernatural strength that he killed a lion as if he's killing a goat. You can't kill a lion like the way you kill a goat. Samson has such a strength. The Bible says Samson went down and his father and his mother to Timnah. And they came to the vineyards of Timnah. And behold, a young lion roared against him. Young lion, you won't mind your business. You see this little guy walking with his parents. And you think you can threaten him. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily. Have you seen it there? That is the anointing. The anointing upon Samson began to operate. And the Bible says... That something tore him as he would have taught a young goat. Amen. The old King James says a kid. That's why children don't say kid. Kid is young goat. God calls children children, not kid. If you call them kid and they start behaving like kid, you, you don't understand. And he had nothing in his hand. But he told not his father or mother what he has done. Kill a lion like that. That physical strength. A lion is a very strong animal. Number four. The Bible says that the same something, he had such physical strength, the Holy Spirit gave him that strength, that he could kill 30 men all by himself. Judges 14, 19. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily as he went down to Ashkelon and he killed 30 of them and took their spoil. And gave the changes of clothing to those who told the reader. And as, he, as his anger was burned, he went to his father's house. Physical strength to fight 30 men and kill them. Physical strength. The fifth example. The Holy Spirit gave something supernatural strength to kill a thousand men with a jawbone. Judges 15, 14 to 15. 
Judges 15, 14 to 15. And then we see the last one in Jesus, Luke chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, went to the wilderness, and for 40 days he was there. His physical strength. In fact, the Bible says when Israel left Egypt, God placed his anointing on them that nobody fell sick for 40 years. For 40 years, they didn't go to hospital. They were strong. And if you talk to any genuinely anointed preacher, they will tell you that sometimes we stand there and preach for hours. Stand for hours. Do so many things. It's only when you get home that feels like the thing is lifting. Then you now feel that you are tired. Sometimes after church, you hold meetings and meetings and deal with different, different issues. And this is when you go home later on. They say, please, where is my food? So you want to eat and you have been standing there and talking. <laughs> you didn't feel like someone who is hungry, so I just relaxed. <laughs> but it's the anointing. Sometimes you feel physically not well, but when you are given the pulpit, suddenly something changes. And you begin to operate like that. That strength of God is not normal. And any genuine preacher knows that I'm operating under a certain strength that is not normal. Hallelujah. About two weeks ago, I was in our church in Canterbury, and it was a half night. We, we planned on a half night. We said it's going to be 6, 6 p.m. to 11. 6 p.m. to 11. We'll be done. Six, we'll, be, we'll be finished. That's it. That whole day, I've been very, very busy. I've been doing so many things. So I was really tired, but I have to also drive. And when we got there, it didn't take too long, and it's time for me to preach. And I took the pulpit around 7. By the time I handed over the mic, it was around 12.30 a.m., almost 1. I was still feeling cool, managed to drive back. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't feel like anything. <laughs> but I knew that it is anointing. Is anointing. You were standing for about five, six hours ministering. You are finished preaching, but the Holy Ghost is moving. You are, you see, it's not, it's not easy to cast demons out. Because sometimes when there are manifestations, it takes some strength. And you are shouting, get out! That strength alone. Some energy you need to go out. Be anointed. May you desire the anointing. I said desire the anointing.